Now, I've thought about this. God had just created everything we know, had made man. And now he's talking about four rivers. Now, this is a thought that I've had since yesterday. And I've wondered why God in the beginning talked about them four rivers. Well, them four rivers are very important in the closing in the final days. The river Euphrates, and it called it a great river, a mighty river, meaning it is, it's long, it's big. Revelation uh, Maybe chapter 6 mentions the river Euphrates again. So we have it in Genesis in the beginning. We have it in Revelation in the end. Now in Revelations, it talks about, I believe it's in chapter number 16, about the river Euphrates drying up. Now I don't know how many of you know the river Euphrates is drying up right now. It ain't much more than a creek left. It's no longer a river. It's just a big long creek. And the thought I had is this. When the river dries up, then what? John, I believe it's chapter number 6 in the book of John, talks about Rivers of living water flowing from us. And now think about this though. If God in the beginning in Genesis talked about the river Euphrates and he called it a great river. And then in Revelation he talks about the river Euphrates, that great river drying up. Then he tells you and I that we have living water Flowing from us. So what about when the water dries up in us? The Bible said it like this. Full of dead men's bones. Meaning it's dried up. There ain't no more meat on it. There ain't no more sinew. It's just dry bones. Now I thought about this as the Holy Ghost moved on me. I thought, God, am I drying up? It's this great river. Listen, you're a great river to the world because the world is thirsty to have you as a Christian next to them because of that living water that flows from you. You can help quench their thirst. The rich man in hell, he never said, bring me a bag of gold. He never said, get me a steak. He never said, hey, how about getting me a barrel of beer? Bring me some of that good wine I used to drink. He never said any of them. He just said, let that nasty beggar that used to sit and the dogs licked him, let him take his finger. Now to me, Herod, that's probably the nastiest part on him. His hands. But let that nasty beggar dip that finger. Let me help you. He couldn't see that beggar anymore. But he remembered that beggar. So when the river dried up in him, 
because there's not one drop of water in hell. The thing that he wanted most of all was water. So when the living water dries up, can you imagine how dry and parched he was being in hell in torments? I got to see Jesus. I got to see him. But the trouble of it is, we're all going to see him. Every single soul that's ever been born is going to stand before him. And he's going to invite you in to living waters or you're going to go to hell where there is no water. Is the water dried up in you? How many has ever been so thirsty you'd drink out of a mud hole? I have drunk out of a mud hole. You ever cut firewood? You know it heats three or four times, right? Well, you go about this time of the year and go to get your firewood ready for winter. I was up on 105 cutting firewood. And hired I forgot to take anything to drink. There wasn't nothing in the truck. There wasn't a leftover Mountain Dew or Pepsi or water bottle. There wasn't nothing in that truck. Man, I was dry. And I, I heard a little brook running. I went across the ridge there and got over there. Man, I laid down that thing. I was hot, and I drank, and I drank, and I drank. and I, Man, I thought, whoo, thank God for this good water. Well, the next week I was up there, I thought, I'll go back over there and get me a drink. It wasn't there in there. What I drunk the week before was rain run off. But you know, it quenched my thirst. It cooled me a little. And I was nourished. And I thought about when the water in our body dries up and we ain't nothing. Listen, you take all the water out of you, you are nothing left but dust from whence you came. So is the water drying up in you? Living water's dying in our churches. Because we have no praise and worship anymore. Listen, they got worship services. They got praise services. But if I have to work it up in you, what good is it? You didn't come to worship, you just didn't come to worship. If you didn't come to praise Him, guess what? Your river's probably already dried up anyhow. Or hits down to a trickle. Everybody... Ever went and played in the bank somewhere, especially when, like we've had the last couple of years, good water springs and, and the rain, and, and it's made everything flourish. And I mean, we've really been blessed the last two or three years. My pear tree is breaking limbs out of it. It's burning so heavy. And I thought about, Lord, all that good water. But I've also been out there when the river, Catawba River, Looked like a branch. You couldn't have floated nothing because all you saw was a little trickle in rocks. So right here, church, are we drying up? Did you come to praise him this morning? I've got to see Jesus. 
That great mighty river Euphrates that's mentioned in Revelation. Listen, by the way, in Genesis is the first time it's mentioned and Revelation is the last time it's mentioned. So if it was mentioned in Genesis, it had to be pretty important. If it's mentioned in Revelation in the closing of it, it had to be pretty important. Now, what did God use rivers for? Now think about this. God used rivers for boundaries. Your land goes to the river Euphrates. Right? God used it for boundaries. The trouble of it is, we're out of bounds. A lot of churches, a lot of folk, a lot of people is out of bounds. They're in no will of God, no way, no shape, no form, no faith. They just don't have God at all. And the trouble of it is, the churches have got used to it. I remind you this morning of an old man that come down Anderson Branch. And he walked four or five miles down that dirt road to preach. At a little country church, Anderson Branch Free Will Baptist Church. A little white church set up on rocks side of the road. Right at the end of the backer patch where I was raised up. That old man of God had walked, and he'd walk. Now think about walking 10 miles to go preach. Five mile there, five mile back. Think about that. Can't get you to walk from the parking lot in here. I have never helped me this morning. I have never figured out. You'll go out to the greenway, and you'll park, and you'll walk how long? A mile or so down the river and back. Never say one word. And fuss if you can't park in front of the church. Yeah. Talking about dried up. That's dried up, folks. Well, that's my walking path. Can't you walk across the parking lot? He's got my seat. Do you know you've got my seat? I always sit there. What are you doing in my seat? Dried up. I can hear some of them this morning. The hearts and the minds are already saying, well, he ain't sung no songs. He ain't took up no offering. He just, he just ain't doing it right. Your river's dried up. That living water's dried up in you when you get that old haughty spirit. Chris, I hate to tell you this morning, but you don't look like a preacher. Where's your tie and suit? Oh, they make them plenty big enough. You might look like Omar the tent maker, but they make them big enough. I'm just wondering, you know, you're a preacher and all that. You know all there is to know about the Bible, I'm sure, because you're a preacher. Know it everything. Can't tell you nothing. But he can't even get a tie and a suit on. What's the matter with that dude? What kind of preacher is that? He ain't even got no cowboy boots on. What kind of preacher is that? Don't interrupt my preaching. Just sit there. See, there he is interrupting. You see what I'm saying? I ain't focusing on his heart and his mind and his soul. I was focusing on what was on the outside of him. The trouble of it is we're dressing up the outside and the inside is dry, dead, going to hell in a handbasket. And we could care less. Well, he'll look good in the casket if he put a suit on. 
Brother Rick, one of the worst things I ever seen, my grandpa Hensley, my daddy's daddy, I'd never seen him ever in a suit. When he went to church, he had bibbed overhauls, a white shirt, and a little thin black tie. But nothing doing the baby boy bury his daddy in a suit. And I walked up and looked in that casket, and I said, that ain't my grandpa. That ain't the man that sat by that radio on Sunday morning before church and listened to them old singers sing them gospel songs. That's the only time the radio was on. Sunday morning, he ate his breakfast. He sat down in his chair. He turned that radio on, and he got his heart and his mind prepared for service. He'd never say a word. He'd cut the radio off, and he'd get up, and he walked right down the hill to the church. See, he was in preparation. He was making sure there was some water in there before he ever got down there. So when he got down there, that living water would spring out of him and help everyone else. My grandfather Hensley was the first time I ever seen a preacher preaching a funeral that broke down and couldn't preach. That man broke down crying so hard he couldn't preach my papa's funeral. He got to talking about Silas Hensley, how he came to church and how he worshipped and how he loved God. And that little old church, it's on a very steep hill. If you know anything about Flag Pond, Tennessee, it's probably 200 yards from the church right straight down to the main highway. And they were lying plumb to the main highway because they couldn't get in the church. Why? Because Silas Hensley had some living water in him. That when you got around him, now I'll tell you, my grandpa Hensley was strict. Lord God, was he strict. He was set in his ways. I mean, none of you are. But he loved God. He loved his church. He loved to tell you you needed to be saved. With all that rough, gruff, texture on the outside inside of him was a living water that sprung up you go to talking about Jesus he got to hear him preach it he hear him sing he'd go to crying he wasn't a shouter he was a crier sat there that old rough beard and, and, and that stubble and, and the tears just run off down on his breast see there was living water in him and he made sure before he went to the house of God that he was in mind to worship the Lord. We come to the house of God and now I want to say this. It didn't say the creek Euphrates. It said that great river Euphrates. Meaning that the church, you and I, there should be a great river flooding this place. When God put a boundary for the church, <laughs> stay with me. He said God inhabits the praises of his people. Have you been flooded this morning? Have you been flooded? Did you see on the news? Now, this blowed me away. I saw it just this morning. Did you see what's happening out there in Las Vegas? The roads was that deep in water. In the desert, folks, come on. 
looked like an ocean going down through there. And I thought to myself, this is the first thought I had. It's my thought. You can't have it. I thought, God's fixing to wash that crowd clean, ain't he? Are you listening to me? Left here one time going to Jamaica to help rebuild a church down there. And I don't know how. Jamaica as a whole is a beautiful island, green, lush, but it's filthy. You understand what I'm saying? When they get through eating, they just throw it down. I don't care if it's the churchyard, the house yard, or where it's at. But when I got off the plane, <laughs> Kingston, Jamaica, God had vacuumed that island. There wasn't a piece of paper I seen in five miles. When I got up to the mountain, when that hurricane come right up that valley, sucked that whole side of that roof off of that church, it vacuumed every leaf on the ground, every leaf on the trees, every piece of paper. It sucked right below the church. It sucked the whole roof off of a house. It sucked everything, furniture, everything in that house was gone, but the curtains... And I was standing on that roof looking down in that house and I thought, how is that possible that God would vacuum this island that clean and the curtain still hanging on the wall? When Katrina hit, I went to Gulfport, Mississippi down there. Canopies as big as this whole building, 50 by 100, probably 20 places to fuel up. And it looked like a corkscrew. Screwed it plumb down to the ground level. In that mall where they staged us, you know how it is in the mall, all them big glass fronts of all them stores down through there. The windows was gone. Everything in the store was gone. Listen to me now. And over here is a brand new TGI Friday. I mean, bed, bath, and beyond, there wasn't nothing but the sign left on the front of the building. There was nothing left in that mall. And they just built that, and they had them little old trees about that tall. You know how they put wires down to hold them straight. The leaves were still on them little trees. There wasn't a shingle gone off of that place. And I thought, how is that possible? God in his infinite wisdom said, they're going to need a place to eat. They took all us truck drivers in there and I said, how do we order? He said, whatever they're cooking is what you're getting. They brought an army generator, hooked it to that building. They had no windows blowed out of it. The chairs, the tables, the tablecloths, the candles, everything was there. The leaves on that little tree, the mulch was still laying there. And just... From here to that wall, everything was gone. Highway 59. Came up through there out of Gulfport, Mississippi. God is my witness. And the leaves was knee deep in the interstate. I had to stop every four or five miles and rake the leaves off the radiator so the truck wouldn't run hot. And there is that little TGI Friday. See, that's the hand of God. Only God can do something like that. The telephone poles was leaned in just like that. 
They drove us down the middle of the road and the road had three and four feet of sand on it. There was them great old big fuel tanks as long as this building nearly. You know what I'm talking about? Got big concrete buckheads and they're sitting up in that. The whole thing was sitting on the interstate. Them great old big towers with them cables that big. Every one of them fell over. Drove over them cables. No power. Went out to the ocean where they stayed just to hand that stuff out. There was nothing but poles sticking up where houses used to be. For miles and miles and miles. I'm talking about drying up. I'm getting to a point. I was carrying water. They had a truckload of MREs sitting right beside me. They had a reefer right beside of him full of ice. They were lined up coming through there. There is cops standing there with machine guns. This is what they told me. If they start a riot, put her in gear, don't cut it off, and drive over them. I said, you mean kill them? He said, Leave here. If I slap the side of this trailer, you leave here. Because they were going to be in the trailer. They came through that line. Every kind of person you can imagine, from people like Randy in a wheelchair, to big strong young bucks, every one of the old folks and common folks, they give them a case of water, a case of MREs, and two bags of ice. I seen them dragging little sleds and carrying that stuff on it. People like Randy, they rolling a wheelchair and dragging it behind them. Then then them big bucks that could do it, come through that. We don't want that MRE. We don't want that water. We want that ice for our beer. I learned a lot about human nature in that trip. That night they took us over to a place. Here come this guy in a black Ford pickup. I'll never forget it. And they're lined up now and we're handing this stuff out. And his truck runs out of gas. That man was not there for himself. He was from a nursing home. And he had come to get ice so he could take it back to the nursing home so the insulin wouldn't go bad. And he ran out of gas. The gas station looks like a corkscrew. See, when we dry up folks on God, we lose our humanity. I thought people were trying to go around him. This man was crippled. He was old. He was in a nursing home himself. And he's out trying to push his truck. If that don't break your heart this morning, you need to be saved. If you're dry, you're powder this morning. We all jumped in, pushed him over, and one of them deputies ciphered gas out of the patrol car and poured it in that man's truck. In that line down on the ocean where they told me to drive over them people, these guys is in flak jackets. It's 100 degrees. Humidity is outrageous. 
And all of that gear they had on began to wear on. They're standing there handing it out as fast as they can hand it out. I looked at that guy's legs. I said, mister, you need to sit down. I said, your legs are bleeding. A policeman. He said, I'll sit down if I can find somebody to take my place. So he asked him big bucks coming through there with muscles. We'll give you extra ration if you get up. I don't want that junk. One old boy come through. He said, I'll help you. He got up in that truck and he went to handing it out. I got that policeman in the truck with me with the AC. He began to cry. I said, brother, what's the matter? He said, that guy back there handing out stuff. He said, I've arrested him a dozen times. He's a dope addict. That dope addict, see, he had a heart in him. He got up in the back of that truck and he was handing out. Not those that could, should have. That dope addict got up in that truck. That officer sitting up there crying. I said, well, let's just pray he'll get saved. His heart will change. And you'll no longer have to arrest him. And he cried even harder. That man's legs was a-bleeding. But he realized where his help was coming from. Church, you and I this morning, we've dried up on society. We've dried up on our church. We've dried up on God. We've got to where we ain't concerned about anybody anymore. We just come to church, go through the motion, go to the house. The river, that great river. The church is drying up. The woman at the well, she was a sinner. The Lord looked at her said, give me a drink. She looked at the Lord and said, you asking the Samaritan for water? Meaning that the Jews and the Samaritan didn't even talk, didn't agree, didn't have no favor with each other. The Jews supposed to hate them people. See, Jesus said, give me a drink of water. And she said those words and he said, if you, I'm paraphrasing. He said, if you only knew who I was, you'd ask me for water. That living water. That old girl got right with God, left her pot there, went back into town. <laughs> she said, let me give you the hints of the olive on this. She said, let me tell you, I had a drink down there at that well, changed my life. I got to hold that living water. There's something inside of me. He said he knew all I was, all I'd ever done, and he still loved me. You want me to tell you why? Listen to me. Jesus said, go get your husband. She said, I have no husband. Jesus, now listen to me. The reason Jesus said this the way he said it, he already knew this. He knew everything about her. He just wanted to see if she confessed the truth. And the truth of it is here today, church, we're drying up on God. Our own individual self. That was one-on-one. Jesus said her. Hey, she couldn't blame nobody but herself. She was there where the living water was, and he was available to be drunk. And she said, I have no husband. He said, you said right. You've had five. 
and the one you're with is not yours, meaning you're shacked up, right? So Jesus knew all that she was, but he knew what she could be. She went into town, this shy preaching. <laughs> Let me tell you about a man that knowed all. What did she say? I went down there dry, had her a bucket of water, and I came back with living water. I want to tell you about this living water. Not that water in the pot, the water that's in here. Let me tell you what he done for me down there. He knew what I was, he knew what I could be, and he wanted me to be saved and drink of him so I could live forever. That great river's drying up. Now think about this. That great river right now physically is drying up. This has been a process going on for years now. You need to go study that river. I mean, it's not Catawba River. It's a lot longer. Now, I want you to understand where it came in in Genesis for you to understand this. It was there in the beginning. It'll be there in the end. But God's going to stop the flow. When he said to the third angel, go pour it out upon that great river, Euphrates. Go study it, folks. Pour it out. The third angel, go pour it out on that great river, Euphrates. You know God is going to pour out of his spirit one of these days for the last time. Because he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. I want to tell you something here today. This is the only day you got. Yesterday's gone. And tomorrow may never come. But you just have today. Well, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. What what are you talking about? Are you going to let the river go dry before you realize it? Hold on this minute. Back up with me. The Nile River has been used for centuries as a source of water, bathing. Their whole life depended on that Nile River. Even the floods. You know why they wanted it to flood? Does anybody know besides me? They wanted it to flood so it bring that new fresh soil and put it out over the field. What it was was God fertilizing the fields. If you ever took anything out of the river and put it in your garden, brother, something will grow in it. That river soil is rich. So they depended on God to flood it so he'd fertilize it. But one day she turned blood red. Blood red. Go over and study in Revelations. you see that blood red river come again. Do you know the life is in the water? If your body ain't got water, you're dead. I mean, you're dead. If you run out of water, you're dead. Oh, by the way, <laughs> before you die, your functions don't function. You ever been dehydrated? You talk out of your head. You get weak. You're unstable. 
Some of you are dehydrated. I love you enough to tell you that. You need to drink water. Don't everybody run back out of the fountain. You need to run to this altar. That's the water I'm talking about. Some of you dehydrate. You're out of your mind. You're out of your head. Why? Because your body's almost dry. And you don't even realize. You know the person that's getting dehydrated don't really realize it. How many of you ever had to go to the hospital because you're dehydrated? First thing you do is stick it in your arm, right? Oh, we got to get some fluids in them. Well, the only way you'll ever get saved is get the fluid of the Holy Ghost in you. And that living water. i got to see Jesus. I've got to see Jesus. Now notice this. I said it earlier. That's twofold. I got to. I want to. And I got to see him. I went there. I got to see him. He was real. He was alive. But listen. You can't go to him unless you're alive. How thirsty are you? He said in his word, he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. How hungry are you? How thirsty are you? Oh, I, I'm satisfied, preacher. I don't care how dry I am. One day you will. You want me to give you proof? I done told you once. In hell he lifted his eyes being in torment. And what did he want? Water. He wanted water. You're going to wait till you get to hell before you cry out for that living water? Are you listening? How many has ever heard a, a gentle waterfall? You know what would be hell? Be in hell and hear that gentle waterfall and know you couldn't get one drop of it. Don't you think when Jesus stood before me, he looked up and said, Father Abraham, are you with me? Don't you think he smelt that water? How many have ever smelled a rain coming? Yeah, that's water, isn't it? You're smelling it. The freshness, the coolness, the blessing. Hey, there's a rain coming. I smell it. You can feel it. Don't you know when he stood there and he hollered, Father Abraham, he heard that water, that living water. You know, that's the Holy Ghost coming to you this morning, speaking to your heart to be saved. Are you going to turn that water off? How many has ever drunk out of a water hose? How many knew that it said on that water hose, not for drinking? <laughs> and you drunk anyway. Why? You're thirsty. You're thirsty. And by the way, they didn't tell us for years and years we wasn't supposed to drink out of them things. Now they have to put it on there, not for drinking water. Amen. How many of you still do it? Why? You're thirsty. And it was the only one available. You were willing to drink out of that water hose then. How many's ever run it across your arms to cool you down? 
Do you know if you were running across your arms, especially right there, for a few minutes, it'll cool you down more than drinking it. Learned that on the railroad. If you don't run a little across that wrist, it won't cool you right. And by the way, if you're hot, real hot, super hot, like you'd be working out there on the railroad or logging or something, and you don't put a little on your wrist, you might just pass out when you take a drink. You know that living water brings life. It doesn't take life. And we're not willing to drink. That river Euphrates is drying up. And we're sitting here with a source right at hand. One more thing I'll say this morning and I'll close. How many's ever dug out a spring? My grandpa Boyd, over in the holler from the house, he wanted some water over there for the cattle, milk cows, and the mules. And he noticed a little trickle in the ground over there. So he gets me, and he gets a tamp rod. Does everybody know what a tamp rod is? And we go over that holler, and he starts running that tamp rod in there. And we did that for over an hour. That eight-foot tamp rod went plumb out of sight. And the water began to flow. I said, what are you doing, Papa? He said, I'm opening up the vein where it'll come to the top of the ground. He said, it already gave me indication it was there because there's a little moisture in the ground. And I thought, you know, if I wasn't a country boy, I was a city slicker, I just walked over that and said, my God, my boots got muddy. But Grandpa saw something different. He knew there's water there, and he is willing to work to get it. Now, I was a little old towhead, probably five, six-year-old. Couldn't do much. Probably more aggravation to him than it was help, but he took me with him. Everywhere Grandpa went, I went. My grandpas was my heroes. I didn't have no ball team heroes. Other than being a cowboy, I was a papaw's boy. And we worked. I mean, I was so little and so tired, I'd sit down. And I know I wasn't doing that, but I had to have my hand on it. And I was a gouging and a punching. And we pulled that rod out, and there's just a little bitty trickle come out. Grandpa said, we like just a little bit. And he took a shovel, and he dug the front of it out, maybe two foot back. And then we soused it that other two foot, and the water came out. The point of that is, are you willing to give it any effort to get the water flowing? For the church members here this morning, if you don't put your hand on the tamp rod and help find the water, I'm going to hurt some of your feelings. I know I'm going to. I don't care. It's the truth. Some of you stand back and say, Well, that's stupid. Why you want to do it that way? I just get me a stick of dynamite and blow that out of there. No, what you'll do is blow it shut. The vibration will crack it on down and it'll seal it instead of letting it come out. But Grandpa knew, done it the way he knew would work. 
How? His grandpa taught him how to do that. You find that source, and then you work to get it. You know you're going to have to put an effort into finding Jesus this morning. You say, I didn't think I had to work for my salvation. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You're not working for your salvation. You're working because of your salvation. To get it, you're going to have to get up and physically go get it. Now one last point I want to say to us. I'm glad my grandpa didn't look at me and say, boy, you're useless. You can't be no help in this matter. Stay at the house. But he was willing to be aggravated. My nickname was Rodney. I ain't never figured out where he got that, but that's what he called me. And he said, come on, Rodney, we'll go. That water's still running. The last time I was on Anderson Branch, I looked, and that water's still coming out of that holler. Why? Because somebody a long time ago saw a trickle. I'm here trying to give the effort this morning to get the water to flow in you. That river's going to dry up. Your life is going to go out one day. And as you go out of this world into eternity, where will you spend eternity? People looked at that Nile River, looked at the river Euphrates, the Pion River, and all of those great rivers. It's mentioned there in Genesis, the four rivers. And one day they'll be dry. They'll be totally dry. There'll be no more water flowing in none of them. There'll be no water on earth nowhere. Because God's going to melt this place with fever and heat. And heat evaporates water. Are you saved this morning? Let me dig this a little deeper. Not only are you saved, are you an active Christian? Or are you dead and dried up? No joy in it anymore. No praise in it anymore. No worship in it anymore. You just come to a form and a fashion. I'm going to church. That's enough. That's it. As we stand to our feet and bow our heads. Somebody come and play. I know what you're saying this morning. Preacher, you've not took up an offering. I hope I don't have to take your offering. Because if it was offered, I shouldn't have to take it. So these plates will be right up here. You just come by and put your offering in those plates. But I'm asking you right now, what are you offering God this morning? God's come by this place to water this place. He's tired of us being dry. He wants some living water flowing in us. A well springing up within us. Do you have any concern about your well this morning? You need to get that tamp rod of the Holy Ghost and let him find that source in you. If you bring it to the Lord, he'll find it in you this morning. If you're lost and undone without God, he'll save you this morning. But if you're saved, he'll open up that river in you again and the joy of the Lord will begin to flow. They're making their way to an altar. What about you this morning? You willing to do business with God or are you just going to stay stopped up, dead and dry? 
Are you going to get serious? You're just going to keep playing church. 